What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Carrie. What's up? Got a doozy of a week for you. We took a week off. Uh, there somehow wasn't a ton of news uh, last week, so it actually ended up being okay. Um, the post office is stuffed full with mail, but we must start with a topic that we haven't had to discuss oh, for several weeks. We got such a nice break. We did, but then all like there's a lot of NFT news this week, which is really mm. unfortunate. Uh, but we'll start on an upbeat note because NFTs and other blockchain technologies are not welcome in or around Minecraft, according to developer Mojang, which I think is great news. Given how incredibly popular Minecraft continues to be after all these years, um, yeah, I it's it's nice to see um, such a you know mainstream popular with kids game uh come out and be like you know what no thanks we're not doing it yeah and and as and i think you hit the nail on the head there like i i i don't think we you know of all costs we don't want to be indoctrinating the next generation uh on these fucking things uh which are awful um again just as a reminder we've talked about a bunch in the show but uh harmful to the environment uh nothing out there to show that nfts are nothing but a big ass grift a scam, essentially. Uh, yet corporations see it as a way to make a quick buck, uh, which lets us pivot into the part of the story that we'll probably have a lot more to say. Now, uh, Carrie, do you want to start with just the obnoxious or do you want to start with the inexplicable? With I'll this start story? with the obnoxious because Fantastic. I find it very obnoxious that Square Enix, which is a company that gets 15 of my hard-earned real American money bucks every single month for Final Fantasy XIV has partnered with the NFT ecosystem engine to release Final Fantasy NFTs. Um, they're releasing a FF7 25th anniversary NFT collection. There's like a action figure that you can order that comes with an NFT version of the action figure that you bought, which seems just especially stupid because like an action figure mm -hmm. like you can hold like you can hold it in your hands like yeah. that's that's real and that's tangible but these crypto douchebags are out here somehow trying to argue that the nft version of the real life item is more tangible and more valuable because blockchain yeah yeah it's the best and and my other favorite part of this whole thing is that there's literally like a disclaimer in the nft that says, quote, in case the engine services become unavailable in the future, you may lose access to the NFT digital certificate of authenticity and digital version of the figure. It's almost like a fucking JPEG that the blockchain has a, has a certificate of record says that says you own it is in reality fucking worthless. Completely worthless. <laughs> and it's a shame because like the figures themselves otherwise look really nice. Um but I, I know plenty of people who are, one, huge FF7 fans and, and two, significant figure collectors who were, like, all in on this figure line basically up until the point where Square Enix said, oh, by the way, like, the certificate of authenticity is an NFT. They were like, I'm not, fuck you, I'm not paying for it then. Like, I'm not going to buy this if there's an NFT attached. So, like, I feel like Square Enix is more than likely going to, um, you know... It, it feels like something that's not going to be especially long-lived. 
Uh, I feel like we've seen a, a number of companies in general, a lot of sports teams too, getting I into know. the NFT game yeah. very late. Because um, it's like most of them, like the market crashed months ago. Yeah. Like it, it is, it is wild because most of them waited because like they didn't want to dive in head first because they wanted to make sure it had proof of concept. And then the proof of concept was this sucks and no one yeah, wants it. And then they're like, now's the time. Now's the time that I'm going to hop in. And now we got it. Yeah. Now we it doesn't it. make any sense, um, but we'll see. As I've said before on the show, and I will absolutely stick to this. If they incorporate NFTs into FF 14, I will be unsubbing from FF 14 immediately. Yeah. Like I'm not I, doing it. I, I missed, I missed the point where Stephanie Sterling, um, that, that she brought up on her show this week, where, how ironic is it that they make NFTs based on Final Fantasy VII, the game whose underlying message is corporate greed will destroy the environment. Corporate greed bad. <laughs> corporate greed cor- corporate greed destroys the world. And meanwhile, Square Enix is like... Maybe Shinra were the like, real heroes if, of the story. What if, what if we pull the roof of Shinra and just like... <laughs> We're we're Shinra the bad guys really at the yeah, end of the day. It's painfully ironic in the grand scheme of things. Yes, very funny. Um and then what's, this. What's not funny and what it actually is rather disgusting, um, if you ask me, is that our former employer uh decided that uh they too want to get in on the NFT grift because what the fuck else do they have going for them? Maybe, maybe they're trying to pioneer I, I mean, NFTs are all about, you know, buy, sell, trade, right? Like, that's the, that's the whole thing about NFTs. So, like, ah, oh, surely we GameStop needs to be involved in this. So they have an NFT store. Um, the reason why GameStop came to attention is, first of all, the prices of a lot of the NFTs are ridiculous, and they've so far sold a very small amount of money um, through their NFT shop so far, which is, which is quite humorous to me. Um, but what's fucked up, is that I don't even think they're vetting what's going on in the store. No, they're clear. They're not vetting anything that's going on the, in the store as evidenced by the NFT GameStop story of the week, which was um, GameStop's NFT marketplace was allowing someone to sell an NFT. That was a parody of the um, photo called the falling man, which is of a person on uh, September 11th, jumping off the world trade center like mid fall yes um and pretty uh i i I mean i mean calling it calling it gauche uh is probably the kindest thing that i can say about it yeah (laughs) it's um it's pretty up there in terms of like gross things i have seen come out of nfts like now in fairness, that NFT is no longer on GameStop's NFT website. So apparently the negative media attention that came from it uh, was it enough. it shouldn't have been up there in the it first place. It should not have been up there it's, in the first it's, place. It's clear evidence that like GameStop doesn't have a single person on staff looking through what gets posted. Like, it's just... God, I, I like I said, I, I timed my exit from that company perfectly. Um... I would have I would have been out the door like or you know actively seeking to get out the door had this happened while I was still there. Um, look, if you're getting if you're a company that's getting into NFTs at this point, first of all, get new financial people on your team because they're they're leading you down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like you said, the bubble has burst. Prices are in the toilet. For NFTs, interest in them is in the toilet because if you look at Google search history, um, you know, it's 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 less than like a tenth of what it was uh, a year ago or a year and a half ago when yeah. when it was first, you know, a hot commodity, as it were. And that's all it is. It's, it's just it's just the latest thing. And there will be something else that comes along the road, I'm sure, that takes the place of it. And the only thing that does please me is that all of these idiots um, who have suckered into this grift will be left holding the bag at the end of the day. They they will be the biggest fool. Uh, to to borrow the economic uh, parlance, uh, which is the, you know, the whole grift that they're trying to exploit, just like any other commodity trading. You're looking to buy it at a price that you can hopefully sucker someone into buying it for a bigger price. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all entities are, because as, as we have seen so much, uh, there is no tangible value in them at all. They're they are valuable because someone paid a price for them. That's the only reason it is. It's simply the latest grift that caught the world by storm and is sure to be a lovely little chapter in someone's finance college textbook in another couple of years. Like I said, I I will say I, I, I find never ceasing delight in hearing all like the web three bros, like tell us like, here's all the great things you can do with web three. And like, they come out with these convoluted like usage cases and we're just like, yeah, we can do and it's that. It's always ne- something that already exists. Yeah, well, like we can do it now, and it's a lot simpler than what you described. So yeah, they're always like, oh, you could, <laughs> you know, you could, you could read, you know, get get all these incredible books through NFTs. It's just like, or you can walk into a library. And yeah, <laughs> this is already funded. Just walk yeah, like, in. like like imagine like owning a copy, like you being the only person that owns a copy of a book. I'm like, that sounds terrible. Like why? Yeah. Like why would why, why would you want that to be the case? Uh, and what uh, author would be like? Yes, I would like one person to own my book. One person, right? Yeah, completely. The, the, like we've we've seen like because what happens when when artists do engage in the I'm making only one copy is you have shitheads like martin shkreli end up with the wu-tang album that no one else has ever gotten to listen to right. that's all that happens is like some shithead somewhere will have the opportunity and you won't yeah it's all, you don't need more of that it's all there is to it at the end of the day so i'll tell you what else is 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 crazy I'll tell you what else is a wild time uh the dense pixels discord which oh. you can join uh by going to densepixels.com slash fans We've got tons of channels in there. Of course, we talk about games in the Discord, but that's not all. We talk about Premier League football or soccer for those of you in the United States. We talk about Formula One racing. We it's have a the very active Formula One racing yeah. channel. We have the Dense Pixels Post Office where you can submit questions to us that we answer on the podcast every single week. And of course, gaming news, gaming discussion. Uh, with other listeners of the show. So definitely check that out by going to densepixels.com slash fans. And while you're on the internet, go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Find our YouTube channel. Click that red subscribe button because we post this podcast in video form every single week. So you can see our smiling faces. And you can my click the That's right. <laughs> you can click the and, and, and my neatly quaffed uh, new, new, newly cut hair from, from last week. Uh, you can also click the bell icon to be notified when new episodes post. And when you're watching the shows on YouTube, click that like button because YouTube wants you to engage with us. And what better way to engage than telling us that you like the podcast? And if you if, if you're like, oh, my God, Dense Pixels is so great. 
I want more things like Dense Pixels. Well, we've got a whole network of podcasts for you. That's the TNP Studios network of which we're a part. You can listen to us. You can listen to the Nerd Apocalypse. You can listen to Black on Black Cinema. You can listen to Coming Distractions. And you can listen to the weekly preview episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. And if that's not enough, if you, if, if you have consumed all the TNP Studios content, you're like, I still have not had my fill. Good news. For just $5 a month or $50 for the entire year, you can go to densepixels.com slash premium and get access to all of our premium shows, which is a massive back, ca- back catalog of evergreen content for you to consume. And then you also get new episodes of the airing grievances nearing the, like, like they're starting to land on the runway. They're, they're in kind of like the final descent of Seinfeld. Almost done. You get no time to bleed. You get the men with the golden tongues. You get upstage conversation, which soon, we have to record at some point. Yeah, we do. We both yeah. have to suffer through dear Evan Hansen for yeah. the sake of this terrible podcast. So, <laughs> and, and arguably the biggest deal, you get the full two hours, sometimes more long episode of the look forward political podcast. And let me tell you, you think it's crazy in hour one. If you've never listened to hour two, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's yeah. that's, that's when me and Jay really, really let it fly is an hour or two. So again, dense pixels. Yes. Densepixels.com slash premium. Uh, that wasn't the only news. NFT news uh, was not the only thing talked about this week in the, or the past couple weeks, I should say in the gaming industry. Uh, another thing that I find really humorous uh is CD Projekt Red, the beleaguered uh, game studio, developers of the uh, maligned, or at least early maligned, Cyberpunk 2077, which seems to have righted the ship and, and found its way. Yeah, I mean, from from what I understand, people who are going back to the, to the game now after they have spent an extensive amount of time uh, fixing it uh, seem to say it's good. But yes, CD Projekt, which is the publisher behind CD Projekt Red, which is the dev team, um, saw its share value plummet by 75%. That's a lot. It's a lot of money. Now there's now that being said, they're still like one of the most valuable companies in Poland. Um, cause they're worth sure. about, they're worth about, you know, like one, you know, almost $2 billion essentially, right. but they were worth over 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> or sorry. They were, they were worth over seven. I should say uh, um, it was like, it was like, I mean, I don't know what the conversion rate is between pound sterling and real money American dollars. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they, they, they went from, let's say roughly seven, seven and a half billion dollars to like two. Yeah. That's and, and, mean, and meanwhile, Techland. Um, another Polish-based developer, the developers of the Dying Light series, have actually surpassed the value of CD Projekt Red uh, just by releasing a game that worked when it came out. Crazy. I know. Crazy what, a, what, a, what, an, what an insane notion. Um, oh, I mean, again, like you would it's it's inexplicable to me that, you know, more than 18 months on, we're still, you know, finding ways that. Uh, Is it really more than 18 months? December, December 2020 was when that game came out. Yeah. We're still hearing negative, like, things, ways that cyberpunk. It feels like it came out last week, but, of course, to be fair, the last two and a half years have been a complete blur. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and look, I I have the feeling that they're going to take these lessons to heart. They're going to make sure that when Witcher 4 comes out that it's not going to be anything but fucking pristine. 
um, lest they run into the same circumstances. And they'll also have the added benefit of not having to optimize the game for old hardware as well, which was one of the other big issues that they ran into at this time, because by all accounts, uh, the PC version of Cyberpunk 2077 was never really that bad off. Like it had yeah. its problems, but it wasn't like the fucking, you know, catastrophe that was the, you know, especially the old generation PlayStation and Xbox versions. So I, I would imagine that you will see this share value creep back up, um, especially if the Witcher, the new Witcher game uh, releases successfully, uh, which is due to come out probably in the next three to four years. One imagines so. Um, but still, again, that's 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 a massive, massive drop um, in terms of, of value um, just because you had one bad game. That bad game was one of the most pro- prolific games of the generation. But still, <laughs> yeah, like a, a, a game that came out and was like. Unplayably bad. Yeah. Uh, when it re- when it released after you spent what? four years hyping it up oh more than that again the the first the first teaser for the game came out in 2013 they spent like seven years hyping it up oh yeah truly truly the years start coming and they get (laughs) cyberpunk 2077 is almost as old as this podcast um now, you guys might remember a few months back, uh, we announced, or no, we didn't announce anything. We merely read the news story uh, that Sony had made a significant investment into Discord and they promised uh, Discord integration coming to PlayStation. And we've gotten that kind of in the sense that you can show your, you know, PlayStation status on your Discord. You can link those two things together so your friends can see uh, if you're playing on PlayStation. That's been about it but- so far. Right, but like you can't you can't do voice chat. Correct. Through Discord. Which is on. the one feature that everybody really Everyone's wants. Yeah, because like, you know, as as I've said before, I've been playing through Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Um and like I'm I, I'm in a Discord server with the guys who I'm playing with, and it would be infinitely easier for us to simply use Discord. Um but instead, we have to go through the whole rigmarole of creating a party and doing party mm-hmm. chat and whatnot. And and meanwhile, Xbox is out here like, guess what? We have Discord now. Yeah, you can you <laughs> can uh, you can integrate you can voice chat on the Xbox uh, Series X and Xbox One consoles. So you can talk to your friends that uh, between console and PC, um, you can switch between Discord voice and game chat uh, and Xbox game chat. And uh, that's pretty cool. And it's inexplicable to me that it's on Xbox and not yet on PlayStation. Like, how is yeah. that even possible? It it really makes me wonder if they're having just like a very specific problem with like Sony's UI or something like that. Um, I don't I don't know what else could possibly be the issue as far as Discord integration on PlayStation. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that PlayStation's hardware architecture um, led to problems with them. But that was supposed to be like a non-issue once we got to PlayStation 5 because they were they were they supposedly had made it like very close to PC, like close enough that the development at least uh, on features is the same for games um, that I don't know about any other soft features like Discord <laughs> voice chat, for example. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's wild to me that Sony's like, you know, here's here's I think they invested what, like a billion dollars or like 200 it was a significant amount of money into discord and yet somehow we still don't have um that feature yet so 
Very curious. Uh, but hey, yeah. damn an Xbox. Um, we got that going for you. And our final news story of the week is uh, about a little company called Electronic Arts. Uh, little and indie company. Little 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 small uh, small independent game company. And uh, they reportedly, according to Giant Bob's Jeff Grubb, are working on a open world single player Black Panther game at their newly opened uh, Seattle based studio. So I guess the like a lot of people heard this information. And they balked immediately at this news. Of course, EA, uh, very well known for their multiplayer games, uh, very well known for making uh, tone deaf tweets about single player games that we talked about on the show a couple weeks ago uh, yeah. in, in jest. Um, but now they are reportedly working on a Black Panther game, uh, which some folks were first kind of like a miss about because they were like. <laughs> Uh, it, like it's going back to T'Challa uh, allegedly in this game, and people are like, "Can't you let the man rest?" T'Challa is more than just Chadwick Boseman. Though. Yeah, of like, course. Like T'Challa's <laughs> been a character in the comic books. Yeah, for sixty plus years now. That yeah. sounds right. Um, yeah, I mean, let's 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 get real here. Like, with with all due respect to the late Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa had an incredible legacy and a long storied history in the comic books before he ever portrayed him on screen um so i personally as a fan of black panther and as a fan of marvel comics um would be genuinely interested in seeing what a single player open world black panther video game had to offer yes um do i love the idea of ea being the one to develop and publish the game no but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I also recognize the fact that they are responsible for publishing uh, single-player games that I genuinely do enjoy, such as uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, more recently, though I haven't played it, um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was a single-player game that was critically lauded. So... It's it's not like I'm going to sit here and be like, there's no way they're going to pull this off. Like they've clearly pulled off high quality single player games in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be, I actually think, the second Marvel property that they'll be at least publishing since they're going to be publishing uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, uh, which is being developed by Firaxis and is due out later this year. So who knows? I understand why people want to roll their eyes at EA because given EA's extensive history of doing eye-roll-worthy things in the video game <laughs> industry, um, you know, I get it. So it's, um, you know, I'll take a wait-and-see approach. And the other thing, too, is that, like, a property like Black Panther is going to end up at some large production company. Um, so if it's not EA, it's going to be Take-Two or Activision. Or better, better EA than Ubisoft. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I mean, realistically, in my eyes, the only company, the only produ- production company that could make, you know, th- that would be bet with excitement, I think, around the announcement of the new Black Panther game would probably be Sony. Like if, if they were like Sony's Sony's publishing this and Insomniac's developing it, people would be like, oh, fucking yeah, like I'm hype as shit. Let's fucking go outside of that. It's going to be a disappointment. You're going to find a reason not to not to be excited. Now I'm, I'm skeptical only because this is a new studio's very first game. Uh, we don't yeah. know what the talent makeup looks like at that studio. Um, could be 
you know, worrying over nothing. But again, when you have a bar in Insomniac Spider-Man, and that's like that's like the bar for, you know, single player superhero driven games nowadays. And you also had the Guardians of the Galaxy, which was also you met with a lot of critical uh, praise as being a really good story you know, the way to tell a story in these I'm single still, I'm still working my way through it. And um, aside from like one very specific sequence, uh, the game is really fun and entertaining and fun to play. Yeah. That, so that one sequence sucks, but everything else is good. Right. So that, that's a high bar to clear. Like, like yeah. that's, that's a, that's a high, uh, that's a high standard to hold yourself to. Uh, and from a new studio, we'll see. Now this game probably won't be along for, years at this point i wouldn't expect it you know it, being as it hasn't even, even been formally announced yet i'm thinking like 2024 at the earliest sometime so we have plenty of time to see you know what this is going to look like i wouldn't write it off though just because ea happens to be the publisher um of this game so i think a lot of I think a lot of hand wringing might be a little a little premature uh let's wait until we actually get to see some gameplay or, you know, at least a formal announcement before <laughs> before we start freaking out um, about this kind of stuff. Uh, also, you know, another another reason that you could wring your hands and I can understand why is buying stuff on Amazon. <laughs> no one no one likes to do it. We all just kind of do it because we have to. Yeah. What if I told you, listener, that there was a way to make buying from Amazon feel like three to five percent less bad? Like an iota better. Yes. Like you're still not going to feel good about it, but you'll feel a little bit. You'll feel less bad because if you go and use our Amazon link, densepixels.com slash Amazon, you'll go to that link and you'll be like, this looks just like regular Amazon. It's because it is. The only difference is when you buy stuff on there, we get a small percentage of the sale. Helps us pay to keep the lights on, to get equipment that we need to sound Fantastic for you every single week. Great audiovisual equipment. All that good stuff. Helps keep the podcast running, which we love and appreciate. You still get your Amazon stuff. You still pay prices that help Amazon force smaller independent fucking, you know, goods, good sellers out of the industry with their cutthroat tactics. The bastards. But, uh, you know, we get a little bit of money back on the back end. So, again, you're still going to feel kind of bad about it, but you're going to feel a little less bad because some of the money, you know, is coming to your friends at Dense Pixels. So, again, that is densepixels.com slash Amazon uh, whenever you are forced to buy things on the decrepit hellhole. Uh, that is Amazon.com. Never let it be said that we don't love our sponsors. Uh, we go to the Dense Pixels post office. Carrie, I have to skip around a little bit. Are, are we skipping new releases? No, why don't you go ahead and hit us up okay, with that cool. real quick? Because I keep new forgetting that they're there. So. Yes, so new releases <laughs> this week. We have Immortality on PC and Xbox Series X that released uh, today. Um, Multiverses? Why is Multiverses on there? Was there like a different open beta? I, I think I think it, I think it was a beta that released before. Okay, cool, now the this game is the proper. at large is still not out yet. Yes. But if you're playing the beta, you can do that on PC, uh, PlayStation, and Xbox. Uh, Noel the Mortal Fate on PC and Xbox One, The Tarnishing of Jusha on PC, Autonauts versus Pirate Bots. Oh. Sure. 
uh, on PC. Uh, Baron Breakfast, which was a game I believe we talked about a bit at uh, during our key three <laughs> discussions mm-hmm. this year. Uh, you play as a bear and you run a bed and breakfast. That's out this week. Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions, arrives on Switch. Sweet Transit arrives on PC. Avenging Spirit comes out on uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. The long-delayed Digimon Survive. This was a game that was announced in 2018 and was, I believe, originally slated for a 2019 release and got hit with numerous, numerous delays. Um, This is a visual novel with tactical RPG stuff. I, I don't... I love Digimon. I am not optimistic about this game, <laughs> just given its development history. Um, I don't think it's going to be very good, but if you want to try it out, it's uh, it's on all consoles, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch on Friday. Uh, Madison arrives on Switch. Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town, which I believe has already been out on Switch uh, and PC. That arrives on PlayStation. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes out on Switch and has been getting... Fabulous reviews. So if you are a Xenoblade fan, good for you because you are eaten well, courtesy of <laughs> Nintendo. I can't believe that game does get fabulous reviews, considering that the voice acting is perhaps the worst voice acting that I've ever heard in a video game. It's pretty bad. In my entire um, life. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Xenoblade, people keep telling me I would really like it. I will say again, I have tried to play that game, I want to say, three different times now. And it just... I, I gave it a legitimate try. I think I put like 10 or 15 hours into the Switch version and I was just like, nah, <laughs> it's simply not for me. But that's fine. Not every game is for every person. So, again, I, I we're going to go to the post office, go to densepixels.com slash fans. You can submit questions to us that will answer on the show. I have to jump around a little bit because the biggest news in recent memory in the professional wrestling industry happened yeah. uh, the, last week. And that is that one Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. has stepped down and is quote unquote retiring as the CEO of WWE after fuck 40 some plus odd years since he bought the company from his father and forged the most successful professional wrestling entity on the planet earth. Um, now, it bears saying that uh, Vincent Mann is resigning uh, in the wake of massive scandal, where it was learned and leaked that he's had many uh, extramarital affairs and been accused of uh, tremendous amounts yeah. of sexual harassment. No, I, I know. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as I'm shocked, shocked as you. I'm as shocked as you. Uh, and that he's paid to the tune of $14 million over the years of hush money payments uh, to women that he has either slept with or sexually harassed in some way, shape, or form, uh, to sign on disclosure agreements, things of that nature. Uh, what got, what apparently got him, what spurred this on, is that now the SEC is starting to poke around into WWE's financials. So one of the stories that came out is that uh, WWE had to republish their financials for the last several years because they the $14 million that he paid out of company money to these people uh, should have been reported on the company's balance statements and wasn't. So you could, they could be, they could be, they could be accused of misleading shareholders essentially for that. Funny how that's always how these things seem to come out. It it is because, because Johnny asks, what are my chances, pal? And he, and he posts like the famous, uh, 
uh, mugshot of Vince McMahon during the angle where Vince McMahon got arrested. I can't remember why he got arrested, but he got arrested for something. <laughs> and this was the mugshot that came out. Johnny wants me to say that there that he's got no chance in hell because that would be the Vince McMahon uh, catchphrase uh, from throughout the years. But here's the thing. Vince McMahon is a wealthy old white man who has political connections. I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon is going to be just fine. I don't I don't think anything's going to happen to him. This this too shall pass uh, (laughs) for for Vinnie Mac. Um, And uh, yeah, but it's still shocking that he was pretty much forced to leave uh, the company that he built. Um, His daughter, Stephanie and Nick Khan are now the co-CEOs of WWE. And what's very exciting uh, is that Paul Triple H Levesque, uh, Stephanie McMahon's husband, Vince McMahon's son-in-law, is now apparently in charge of the creative direction of WWE. And and many, many people speculate that Vince McMahon had been holding back WWE creative for many years because he was he had a very archaic view. Because he's a cranky old white yeah, man. Yeah, because, wow. because, because he's an old man. And so people are excited uh, to see what Triple H could possibly bring to the table, uh, especially given how, how popular uh, NXT was when Triple H was at the helm of that particular product. Um, now I will, I will pump the brakes a little bit for pro, for pro graps fans out there. Uh, WWE is not a, is not a speedboat. It is a cruise liner. Uh, it is not going to be able to turn on a dime and, and all of a sudden like become the show you want it to be. Uh, if Triple H is able to, um, you know, pull this off, it's going to take a lot of time uh, to, to make this change. Um, also rumored to be on the outs is uh, Vince McMahon's longtime uh, confidant. Uh, WWE executive producer Kevin Dunn, uh, who the internet wrestling community also fucking hates uh, and blames for a lot of the uh, poor direction uh, of WWE's current product as well, because apparently Stephanie and Triple H do not like him. Uh, so they are they, <laughs> they they are on the outs with him as well. So I, I think overall, this is going to be an incredibly positive thing um, for WWE. I think it's going to ultimately end up being a better product with, with Vince May and not there. Um, but that's going to take time. Still shocking, though, to actually see the day where it happened because everyone assumed that McMahon would die in office, essentially, like 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 he would just die in his chair. Yes. And that would be the end of that. Like, I don't I don't follow wrestling like that. I have many, many friends who do follow wrestling, which is why it's constantly on my Twitter feed. And that's really most of my exposure to <laughs> WWE uh, <laughs> through other people's retweets. Um, but, yeah, I mean shit i'll watch it if it becomes good you know yeah. i've never been opposed it's just like uh, this this seems like it sucks these days so like, why, would, like, why would i invest the energy yeah into something that seems like it sucks yeah so quite quite a wrestling bombshell um daniel asks do you put the bread tie back on or do you simply twist and tuck I'm a bread tie back on person and that's mostly because I have two cats who are very stupid. And if I don't put the bread tie back on, that means it ends up on the floor, which means that um, my son eats it. So I've had to, I've had some terrible dingleberries with him before due to him eating stuff off the floor that he shouldn't eat. Not trying to do any more of that. Look, I'm, I'm I'm just going to say it plain as, as I do on the show. Uh, if you twist and tuck, you're a savage. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why? Why are you? Why are you even 
on on this planet Earth if you twist and tuck. The tie's there for a reason. It's not it's not there just just for you to fucking throw in the trash. Oh, the expiration date, you know, the sell by date is this great. Who cares? I don't need this shit anymore. Use the fucking tie. The twist and tie, no less. Like, 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 don't, you know, don't just fucking throw the tie back on there. Like, twist that fucker up, then tie it off. That way, you know, when when the twist unfurls, you have a nice secure tie to keep your bread as fresh as possible. Twisting and tucking does nothing. You might as well leave it open at that point. It's the worst. Fucking ins- insanity, twist and tuck people. What's wrong with you? Yeah. All of you. Not- um Cam asks, what video game do you think has the best needle drop soundtrack and why is it Road Rash 1994? I think Tony Hawk's Skater would have an argument with you. Period. Like, people's, like, my generation especially had their entire musical, like, frame of mind shaped by Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and also 2, but 1 especially, because 1... One has Superman by Goldfinger. One has Primus. One has Dead Kennedys. You got Rage Against the Machine, Bad Religion, Naughty by Nature. Like, f- fuck out of here. Road Rash 94. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater <laughs> as the best needle drop soundtrack of all time. And it's not even close. I, I, do, have a, I do have a deep affinity for the EA Sports titles of the early aughts. As well, that like like they seem to just have a like a cavalcade of banger soundtracks in like the oh three oh four oh five eras, um, which were really entertaining to listen to. Um, but look, I'm not even a pro a Tony Hawk pro skater fan, and I will still cede uh, to to the to the Tony Hawk pro skater folks. And 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 you might get some argument from some old Sega people for Crazy Taxi, but that that's probably the only other. I, one. You know what? Like I can dig on Crazy Taxi, yeah. but like. We we don't get to Crazy Taxi without Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, I think. Yeah. Oh, you, uh, no, mm, mm, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If, uh, does Vice City get in the conversation here? I think that's a conversation yeah. to have. Yes, you know. Vice City and San Andreas. Oh, you know what? Tony Hawk's and, Tony Hawk's and Crazy Taxi came out the same year, so mm-hmm. that's that's about the same. Um. Yeah, I mean, like the the soundtrack in Crazy Taxi. Crazy Taxi is one of my favorite, like favorite games. The bullshit around the period. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, that's a good one. Um, SSX Tricky has a good Needle Drop soundtrack. Um, yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. has a good Needle Drop soundtrack. Um, yeah, I thought I was being punked when I was like in the middle of a boss fight and I like triggered the music change and it was like new kids on the block i was like hello <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay i <laughs> but like, bit, a, uh, bit of a lost art the needle drop soundtrack anymore i yeah, feel like like, like outside uh, of sports games I, mean, I don't feel like you get it too much i understand it though because like the amount of licensing work that has to go into that is pretty extensive um yeah i believe the tony hawks pro skater one and two remakes were actually missing some songs that on that were on the original because they couldn't re-secure the rights Mm -hmm. to use those um but literally like my band which is a video game band we cover superman by goldfinger because of how closely associated it is with tony hawks pro skater so like fucking miss me with road rash <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i personally could not even name one song on the road rash 94 soundtrack no, off the like, top of my head sorry sorry cam 
Uh, but I am, uh, I am also not in agreement with you there. I would be interested to hear, um, Micah's and Terrence's take on this question as well. Cause I don't know. I don't, I don't know if their musical tastes align, uh, with yours and mine as much. So they might have I wildly listen, different I opinions. A lot of music. Like I, I feel like I had a conversation with, with Jay and Micah, not too terribly long ago where I was like, yes, I, I've, I've listened to Belle Biv DeVoe before. Like I might be a white girl, but I, I know a lot of these older like R&B <laughs> and whatnot. It's just, anyway. Yeah. Fuck off cam. Uh, Rogi asks, if you could force your co-host to watch or play something to 100% completion, what would you force them to watch or play? Preferably something that they haven't experienced before. Uh, look, I've already talked about this on the show. Like, me and Micah really want Carrie to play through the Mass Effect trilogy at some point. That's fair. I figured that was going to Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'll get around to it. Um, you know what? I'm... I feel Don't like the expected answer is Golden no, no, no. Sun, but I don't. I don't want to say I, that. I, I tried. I tried Golden Sun, Dark yeah. Dawn, but I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't Dark Dawn's the worst of the three. I would yeah. say the first two for sure. Um, I don't know. More, more seriously, I, I guess like Paradise Killer. Like oh, that's I, something I, think, I can actually do too. Don't give yeah. me that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say Paradise Killer. I guess because I think everyone should play that game. Um, so yeah. Pretty sure it's on sale right now for like 12 bucks too so you really don't have an excuse not to. <laughs> it would would i lose out on anything by getting it on the switch instead of like the playstation i don't think so okay it's like oh like ooh, you don't you don't get as good ray tracing on the switch like it's fine it's most of the characters you're interacting with are 2d characters <laughs> so yeah uh, uh, let's see here. Cam comes back. He says Ric Flair's quote unquote final match has been officially announced and it's him and his son-in-law Andrade versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, what percentage chance does this thing have ending with a dead body? Uh, if Ric Flair wrestles more than five combined minutes in this match, I would be shocked. Like <laughs> like he's and, and what's funny is that he's probably going to win, which doesn't make sense. Typically, the the accepted. uh the accepted uh, courtesy that you do in professional wrestling is you quote unquote, go out on your back. Um, but then again, there's no one to really give the rub to in this match. So I guess it's fine that Ric Flair is probably going to make Jay lethal tap out to the figure four. Like that's probably what's going to happen uh, in this match. This is going to be a fucking train wreck shit show. <laughs> and I implore all of you out there who are considering paying money to watch this. Uh, don't. Yeah, reconsider. <laughs> don't don't do that. Um, Film Wander asks, "What is the highest difficulty y'all have ever played on?" That's sort of tough, in so much that like some games are inherently harder than others. Right? Uh, be- because I played Diablo, I get to cheat and say Torment Eleven is the highest difficulty wow. that I ever played on. So. Uh, I mean, I-, I would say you know I um. When when I play more recent Fire Emblem games, I play on like hard mode with permadeath turned on. So that's that's probably where it is. But that's just how all the old Fire Emblems were, and then they made it more accessible. Which, like, on one hand, nice, but on the other hand, uh, I think less of you if you play on casual <laughs> mode. 
So. And then finally, uh, Sushi and Sashimi asked Micah uh, how he feels after Chelsea lost to an MLS team. Uh, look, they aren't the only Premier League team that lost to an MLS squad on their on their American barnstorming tour. And uh, preseason soccer means nothing. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put too much stock into that. I'm pretty sure Chelsea is still going to be uh, in the mix for top four in the Premier League this season uh, without too much trouble. And uh that is all this week. A bit of a shorter well, show. Couple, couple quick things before oh. we wrap up. One, Go we didn't it. talk what we were t- playing new recently, and I bought and played through all of the cat game. Stray. Oh, that you did? Did you? I did. Oh, that's right. Yes. You did. You you said on Twitter that you weren't sure why everyone was hyping it up so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's become very much like a critical darling, and I have to sort of wonder how much of that is due in part to the fact that it's published by Annapurna. Um, I feel like if it was published by a less prestigious indie house, um, it might not be getting the same kind of attention. But as an Annapurna game, it sort of has that natural air about it. You know, mm. um, I thought it was fine. Um, I enjoyed it for what it was. I think they, they did a spectacular job at like accurately animating how a cat behaves in an environment like this um it is ultimately it's about five hours long playing through casually um i got most of the memories not all but most and um it's fine it's you know there are portions of the game that are these sort of sort of like large open exploratory portions where you can really take your time in it and those are those are great um, and then there are these segments that are like literally running down a hallway <laughs> and uh, those are less great. Um, overall, at 30 bucks, it's fine. I think I would honestly feel better about it, even if it was twenty five dollars. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's it's fine. Maybe wait until it's on sale. If you want my honest opinion, um, it is it's a short experience. You can literally play through it in an entire afternoon like I did. Uh, but I, it, cat game, it's cute, you know, and for anyone who's concerned, like the cat does not die. Um, <laughs> that, would like been, I, that would have been a ballsy fucking move if they, if right, they somehow to, like, you, killed you, the cat. You really attached to this cute cat and then kill it. Um, no, there, there are, however, and I feel like not enough people are talking about it. The cat does take a couple of really hard falls, um, and like limps around and like, as someone who has cats, that's very hard to watch and to interact with. Cat gets better. It's fine. Um, bit of a bittersweet ending. Cat doesn't die, though. But um, yeah, Stray, it's fine. A lot of people are talking about it. I feel like if it was published by anyone other than Annapurna, it would be getting sevens out of tens rather than like nines, though. So I think, I, I think I'd like to get it and have my wife play it because I think she would like it. She likes you know, those like low intensity like games of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I know like there's no combat or anything in the game and, and things of that nature. Oh, well. Yes. And no, there's moments of combat ish. I've, I've heard, I've heard there's like stealth sections spread. There's, throughout. The yeah. Game. And the stealth is very weak. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's hard. Like it's just like, okay, cool, this is what I have to do. Like, yeah. there's no there's no thought involved to the stealth approach to take. It's very obvious and straightforward, and that gotcha. kind of makes it not fun. Um, but, 
yeah, cat game, it's fine. Um, and uh, other than that, the other thing is uh, this Saturday at the Auto Bar in Baltimore is the 15th BitGen Gamer Fest. After having to take the past couple years off, BitGen is back. Uh, my band Quick Save opens up the show right at 3.30 p.m. on the main stage uh, with what's going to be a tight set. Um, but we're, we're doing some classics. We're doing some new stuff. I'm very excited to be there. There are a total of 18 bands performing over the course of the day. Uh, there's a second stage at the auto bar upstairs. So we're, there's going to be ping-ponging bands. So as soon as one band ends, another one's going to start at the other stage. So uh, tickets are on sale now. They're like 38 bucks. If you buy them in advance, I think they're 5 or $10 more if you buy them day of. But if you're in the area and you like video games and you like video game music, um, come out to BitGen. It's like a a very condensed MAGFest experience because mm-hmm. uh, they do bring in arcade cabs and consoles and whatnot for people to play games and whatnot too. So it should be a really good time. So uh, if you're in the area, hope to see you there. And if you live in New Jersey, QuickSave is playing at PoochieCon on August 7th. Um, so that'll be our very first out-of-state show. So we're excited to road trip for that. And that'll be a much longer set than the one we have planned for BitGen. Uh, but yeah, next, next couple weeks full of gigs for quick save. So. Is, is PoochieCon dedicated to the very to the brief, character. but popular, uh, character from Inchy the Scratchy voiced by Homer Simpson? Uh, no, not, not, <laughs> not dedicated to that character either. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, again, uh, make sure you join our discord by going to densepixels.com slash fans, subscribe to this show as well as all the other TNP studio shows, wherever you download fine podcast. Uh, if you go to youtube.com slash densepixels, you can subscribe there as well. While you're clicking subscribe and follow buttons all over the place, go to twitch.tv slash densepixels to follow the main channel and you can follow us all individually as well. I'm densepixels, Brad, Carrie is up. It's Carrie, Terrence is apparition 410. Micah does not stream on Twitch. I mean, yeah. to be fair, we barely do either, but, yeah. you know, he he definitely doesn't do it at all. So, bit of a shorter show this week. Like I said, news is light, and uh, I'm recording Look Forward in about uh, 20 minutes or so. So Yeah, so we got to time, time was of the <laughs> essence. Uh, thank you guys very much for watching and listening, and we'll see you all the next time. See ya.